think that one is the capo too. I think that would. Yeah, I can do a little test to make sure that your audio comes through on the live stream. Okay. You're going to chat?
Good morning, everyone. I'm assuming the mic is on. <clears throat> Welcome here to Grace Mennonite Church this morning on this bright but nippy first spring of Sunday, or excuse me, first Sunday of spring, or, and also the fourth Sunday of Lent. Whether you're here in person or on the screen, we are glad that we are able to be together <clears throat> and worship and praise God, our God and Savior, this morning. Mel will be joining us later by live stream, and uh, otherwise we will go on with our service. The Spirit of God invites all to worship the Creator at this time and in this place where we dwell on Treaty 1 territory, the ancestral land of the Métis Nation, the Dakota, the Cree, the Oji-Cree, Dene, Haudenosaunee, and the Anishinaabe peoples. We are grateful for the use and sharing of this land. Everyone is invited to join us for uh, adult formation about 10-15 minutes after the service this morning. And just so for those of you online, we will be having the formation online as well. So please stay with us or join us again after a few minutes. Dennis will be speaking <coughs> on the topic of the recurring Christian debate about social justice. The announcements about Easter, the Easter week are in the bulletin, and I'll ask you to take close note of those, but also a reminder that there's a sign-up sheet on the back table for people who want to sign up for the Monday Thursday meal. And Mel will be giving more announcements about that in, in the few, next few weeks. So there's other announcements in our bulletin about the Easter week services, as well as children's and youth events, and the rice drive and Pagassi family camp, and much more. So please take time to read through the bulletin. Please stand and join us with this familiar worship tune. It's, this is the air I breathe. It's found 139 in your new book.
seated. I'll ask you to join me with the call to worship when they put it on the screen. Together, we seek the way of God, rejoicing that we are new creatures in Christ. From a human point of view, we demand what is ours. But through Jesus, we learn that all share in God's inheritance. Let us join in God's feast. I'll invite you to stand again and join us from home to sing Your Love is Amazing. It can be found in your book on page 96 or up on the screen. join me for the confession of a prayer or a prayer of confession. Holy One, we seek you while you may be found. We call upon you while you are near. Have mercy on us, O God, for our thoughts are not your thoughts and our ways are not your ways. Forgive us for thinking we deserve special treatment. Lead us to our own 
As we walk with Christ on this Lenten journey, let us see your way more clearly and follow your way more faithfully. You can stay sitting and join us 305, The Glory of These Days. And we'll play the song through once. Your ways, O God, are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We seek God's ways.
The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. In our world in which we recognize darkness, we look to God's light. In our world in which we recognize darkness, we look to God's light. Lord, remove us from our tribal thinking to your radical inclusion. Six hundred seventy in the bulb there is a flower. We'll stay seating for this one. I have a special request for this song that uh, I spoke to Johnny earlier. Johnny, if you'd come up here. Come up, please. Would anyone else like a shaker? We need a little joy here. This is springtime and, and the weather's kind of turned on us. So we're going to get a little shaker action here. Johnny is going to have a bag full of shakers. There are four or five of them in here. Maybe call out to him if you would like to join in some shaking. It doesn't have to be on the beat. It has to be with the spirit that we want some joy and some spring here. Take the whole bag.
so many mothers. Can you hear me? <clears throat> I'm assuming you can. Um, anyway, uh, it's really good to join you this way this morning. Um, good morning. And um, I just, um, we're trying something new this morning. I was uh, going to do this to see if it's maybe possible for Kyle and I to work more from home on Sunday mornings. And, uh, <laughs> and this would be great. Actually, it's not quite the truth. Um, I got sick this week. Uh, with COVID, and uh, so a number of you have had COVID, so I've now got to join you with that, and um, so I thought it was probably not wise to be with you this morning, the symptoms are less right now, but I still thought this was a better way to be with you this morning than to be, um, to be there, so I hope that you've enjoyed the worship, it's been good to watch on the live stream, and I'm glad that we're all here together. <clears throat> I'm going to begin by telling the story. Um, as we usually do, and then after that, we'll, we'll get into the sermon. Um, this was after Jesus had been arrested, after Peter's denial, which we preached about in the last couple weeks. Um, the leaders then took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. Um, they themselves did not go in, so to avoid ritual defilement, so that they would be able to eat the Passover later on. So Pilate uh, went out to them, and he asked them, what accusations do you bring against this man? And they said, if he were not a criminal, we'd have not have handed him over to you. Well, then Pilate said, well, then go and try him according to your own law. But they said, we, and you know this, are not permitted to put anyone to death. Now, this was said to indicate, well, to fulfill, sorry, what Jesus had said uh, when he indicated what kind of death he would die. So Pilate went in and he asked Jesus, so are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, hey, do you ask this for yourself or have others told you about me? And Pilate replied, look, I'm not a Jew, am I? It's your nation and chief priests who handed you over to me. So what have you done wrong? Jesus replied, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was of this world, my disciples would fight so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But no, my kingdom is not from here. Then Pilate replied, so you are a king. Jesus answered, so you say I am. And for this, I was born. For this, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate said, what is truth? And then he went back out to the Jews and said to them, I find no case against this man, but you have a custom that I release someone to you during the Passover. So do you want me to release this man to you? And they all shouted out together, no, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a bandit. So Jesus said that he was born for and had come into the world to bear witness to the truth, and that those who belonged to the truth would listen to his voice. Pilate asked in response, what is truth? Now, Pilate wasn't asking a philosophical question. Uh, let's have coffee and discuss the truth. 
He didn't even wait around for an answer. No, his question seems much more like, so what? Your truth is inconsequential. Only one truth matters, and Pilate eventually reveals in next week's story that it's mine because I'm in control. What was Jesus speaking of then when he spoke of the truth and being the truth in the Gospel of John and in other writings in the New Testament given to John? The word appears over 100 times in the New Testament, and almost half of those are in John's writings. It describes not only facts as we think of truth, but truth in truth by truth by which we live which we would usually say is factual in some way at least for those who decide that they're going to live by a specific truth so in john jesus speaks of himself being the way and the truth and the life and he says that the truth will set you free i think that one key to what jesus is saying is back in his conversation with nicodemus in chapter three There he says that God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus was testifying to the truth that God wants to save the world, and he himself and his way being the truth by which God does that. Now, in a general sense, the truth saves and sets free. Truth in relation to injustices and wrongdoings put people on the path to healing and reconciliation, restoration. It liberates, for example, the discovery of unmarked graves in Canada. While so painful, the truth of what happened will now hopefully bring healing where before there was only unknowing and pain. Conversely, untruth has power. A false narrative from simple mistruths to grand scale deceptions can create or justify pain and destruction. We're seeing some of that in the current conflict in Europe. Enid and I watched a movie yesterday that spoke of how that had happened uh, years ago during the Iraq and uh, American invasion of Iraq, grand untruths. And as can a half a truth do the same, I recently spoke with someone who felt that even our trusted news sources, while telling the truth, can only and only tell one part sometimes or often. News is true, but for practical reasons such as time and space or more complex reasons of bias, the whole is not always explored. I mean, how many of us as children or who have children haven't heard the truth from one side of a dispute And when we talk to the others involved, we find the truth is actually a bit bigger. Like saying Saskatchewan is flat. Well, that's true. But only the truth is when seen through driving through and not actually staying there for a while. Given all this, it's important that we be very respectful with the truth. We need to hold it gently. It's holy. It's sacred. Given its capacity to both liberate or manipulate, we want to use it carefully, humbly, for purposes of God's freeing and saving work, rather than as a tool for manipulation or critique or point proving. We want to use the truth to save and not to destroy. It's important to know, I think, that this is always the point of Jesus as truth and Jesus the truth. Years ago, our son collected hockey and Pokemon cards. 
And we buy the hockey cards from a very interesting man who had a shop on 33rd in Saskatoon. Then Andrew and I would go for coffee and we'd trade cards. It was a lot of fun. I didn't do Pokemon, but he and his friends did. And they'd sit around the picnic table, which we had set up in our garage in summer. And they'd have the door up, the sun shining in, the wind blowing, and they'd play and trade Pokemon cards through the summer. One day, sitting on the outside steps, he realized that quite a few of his good cards were gone. Well, as we explored this, he mentioned that he had given a friend his cards to look through. That friend had then given them back. And now some of the cards were missing, and he did not know where they were. Now, it didn't seem very hard for us to put two and two together. We knew the friend. Everyone on the street did, actually. And while wanting to be kind to all of the kids on the block, it wasn't hard to draw conclusions as everyone else did. But our son didn't put two and two together. Or maybe he didn't want to. A friend was a friend. And so while we thought that we knew the truth, though we didn't really, that truth possibility never came up. We just suggested that he look at his cards when both he and his friend were present from now on. Did our son need to know the truth? Did we need to pursue it? Maybe. Maybe we should have used the truth to protect our son from future disappointment of this kind with that very same friend even. And maybe it would have been better for this young, his young friend to somehow be confronted, for us to have brought them both together around the, the truth so that the truth could have been found in a good way. Or sometimes maybe it's not about what's true just to know what is, or to justify myself, or to prove a point, or to protect ourselves. It's about knowing how to live the truth so that it will bring life. Our son's trust in people in this friend who the rest of the neighborhood maligned remained. Eventually, maybe to be taken down some other day, but not on that day. When Jesus speaks of the truth, he's not necessarily speaking of the facts. He's speaking of the life and saving work of God that truth he and his way brings. He coming from God so that those seeing and hearing him would hear the truth of God's saving work for them and for all things. Life found very differently than sometimes thought. His disciples, for example, wouldn't fight to save him. It would be found in suffering. And it would carry on in the face of untruth, as this story so forcefully tells, and as we'll see it next week as well. Subsequently, a truth, a way of living that's not very easily embraced. If we are to be on board with Jesus, we need to believe that the world is saved not only by the truth of our facts and convictions, but by how they are used and lived with Jesus in ways of suffering and death so as to bring life. The truth lives not in only in those who know the truth. The truth lives in those who live it. At the church in Saskatchewan, where we worked before coming here, we knew a man named Art Fraze. He was Marlene Hepner's brother. A good man. Marlene is a good person. So it must be the water in Saskatchewan or something. And yes, there is water there. I remember a conversation that we had one day. He began to reflect on life not during, but after World War II. 
I can't remember if he had been a conscientious objector or not, or whether he was even at home on the farm during the war, which I assume might also have happened depending on circumstances at the time. When the neighbor's kids returned from the war, his neighbors or didn't, had died, he felt tension on two sides. One was internal. He had to deal with the realities of staying out of the war and harm's way while neighbors had gone and some had suffered the pain of loss. And on the other side, externally, he had to deal with those who had critiqued them and were critiquing them for having stayed home while they or their children had gone. Reflecting that afternoon, he said that maybe they should have gone to be part of the war, part of the medical corps, to participate in ways which would not have required shooting and killing. While holding to truth that he felt, he would also have been, like Jesus, holding to the truth of walking with others in their brokenness and that of the world. That may be <clears throat> requiring brokenness from him. While for him it was not faithful to the truth of Jesus to fight, it would have been faithful to have wondered more about how to live that very truth faithfully. I wonder if the truth of Jesus should not always be like that pointing inwards, having us wonder about it for ourselves, rather than easily pointing at the others outside of ourselves, so that we are led by God to live by the truth of Jesus, to bring about God's saving work in the world, rather than using the truth to tell others what they are doing or believing is wrong, where they are not correct as we are. Monk and peace activist Thomas Merton once wrote in a journal, with a little bit of editing on my part, but still hopefully remaining true to his point. A flash of sanity, the realization that there is no need to come to certain conclusions about people and events and conflicts, trends, even trends toward evil and disaster, to know and declare that this is good and this is bad. What do such judgments, truths, mean? Sometimes little or nothing. Things are as they are in an immense whole of which I am a part and which I cannot pretend to grasp. To say I grasp it, to know that this is the truth and that's that, is to immediately put myself outside. I know the truth while others don't. Whereas to be in it is to seek truth in my own life and action. Realizing that the judgments and mercies of God will clarify themselves and be more clear to me if I am silent and attentive, obedient to God's will, rather than constantly formulating statements in this age which is smothered in language, meaningless and inconclusive debate about truth, in which, in the last analysis, nobody listens to anything except what agrees with their own prejudices. We do want to know what's true. I do hope that we want to know the truth that we are to live as well. As much as we long to know truth, let's long to live it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Please stand and turn with us to hymn 399. You can follow along with the notes and words are also on the screen. gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Hear our prayer this morning as we intercede on behalf of our church family, our community, and the world. Though we will name and list various specific concerns to you, you know that there are so many who will not be named, and our prayers are for them too, because we know that your heart of love reaches far beyond the few who we will mention here. We pray for Christina Putz in Bethesda Hospital, that she will sense your presence with her and that you will grant her healing. We pray for Raylin and her parents, Ron and Andrea Dick, as she waits for a suitable match for a kidney transplant. May they have patience, but we also pray that a donor may be found very soon. We pray for those in our community who need help on a daily basis and receive it through community resources that are available in our city. 
We also pray and thank you for the many people who work together to provide resources, practical help for those who need it. For Agape House, Soups On, Southeast Helping Hands, Today House, Steinbeck Community Outreach and Steinbeck Family Resource Center. We think too of those who slip through the cracks and need help beyond what is readily available. May we see them, care for them, and love them as you do. We pray for relationships that have been strained during the past few years. May we practice tolerance, forgiveness, and kindness with each other so that these relationships may be rebuilt even as we enter a new phase of living with COVID. And the war in Ukraine. We pray for the leaders and the soldiers of both Ukraine and Russia. We pray for the people who have fled and are seeking a safe place to stay, and the people who have stayed and are facing the devastation of their country. We pray for the leaders even of the NATO countries, including our own Prime Minister and those who advise him. We pray in the name of Jesus for peace to be restored, a peace that seems to be impossible. But with you, God, nothing is impossible because you bring healing to brokenness and life from death. In words from David Taylor, we pray together. Merciful God, you who weep with those who weep, who rescue those who have been oppressed, who incline your ear to the needy, who draw near to the abandoned, who bind up the brokenhearted, who raise up those who are laid low, and who feel compassion for those who are broken in spirit or in body. Hear our prayer. Do not be deaf to our pain. Have pity on us in our affliction. Bring to an end our distress. Preserve our lives. Rescue us. Heal us. Be near to us this day. We pray this so that we may join the company of those who take refuge in you and praise your holy name. We pray this in Jesus' name, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, on whom we cast all our cares. Thank you for hearing our prayer. And gracious God, we live in such we live such privileged lives and have so much. May we generously give so that your kingdom may come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. You can stand and join us for the last song before the benediction, uh, 609, and then stay standing for the benediction and following that there will be a moment of reflection. Uh, where there'll just be some instrumental music. Please stand and join us.
Just a reminder that the formation will be online after we've had coffee. With a benediction, in the name of Jesus, who is the truth, testifies to the truth, and tells us we will listen to his voice if we belong to the truth. Go in peace and listen to his voice. Amen. <laughs>